Hey, podcasters. Before I get to the episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. And I encourage you to speak up on your podcast as well. Take care and spread the word. I'm a supporter of podcast conferences. I spend my own hard-earned money to attend several each year. But I'm also skeptical of much of the information provided. Too bad all too many podcasters are too gullible. Hello and welcome to another podcast pontifications with me, Evo Terra. The voice you're hearing is the result of attending PodFest Multimedia Expo in Orlando, Florida, 2020, I should say. Uh, where I just came back, flew back in last night, had a great time at PodFest Multimedia Expo 2020 in Orlando. And I look forward to going to that conference every year. Well, the two years I've been invited to speak at the conference. It's always a good time. I enjoy meeting my friends and family. It's kind of like a regional con that's exploded. There's like 1,600 people. But I thought it might make sense for me to talk about what you might experience, the working podcaster, when you attend a podcast conference, if in fact you decide to attend a podcast conference, which I think you should do. I think you should attend a podcast conference if for no other reason than to network and communicate and learn from other podcasters that are out there. That's why I go. I connect with the friends that I've made. Some are almost 16 years old now. Lots of new ones I meet each and every time. And I and I loved meeting everybody who was there. Passed out lots of stickers. It was wonderful. Information about stickers if you want one at the end of this short episode. But... As cool as it is to meet and greet and see new tools, I bought too much gear, uh, and to learn from the best that are on there, uh, there's a lot of information presented at these podcast conferences. And quite frankly, some of it is misinformation. Now, the tough part is identifying what is information and what is misinformation, especially if you're new. And at PodFest, I polled some of the vendors and some of the other speakers who were there to kind of get a sense and a feel for what they thought of the the makeup of the audience who attended the 1,600 people who braved the COVID-19 virus and went ahead and hung out. We were all very good about not shaking hands. <laughs> we were all mostly good about keeping our social distancing. But the consumption, the, the, the consensus is that around 20 to 25%. A good portion of the attendees at this year's PodFest 2020 were brand new or new to the point where they had released. Maybe they'd recorded and hadn't yet released. Maybe they had released a handful of episodes. So a pretty good number, 25% was as a conservative estimate. I've heard some say it was closer to 50. So that's a lot of brand new information, a lot of brand new people looking for lots of information. And they attended some sessions in droves, as you likely would attend sessions in droves. 
They had a lot of different speakers, a lot of different tracks, like 10, 15 at a time. I may be exaggerating, but it's a large, it's a large number. Lots of information on the small breakout stages and on the big stages. The problem is the people who put on the, or, these conferences, wonderful people, I know many of them, great people, want to do a service to the industry, also want to bring on underrepresented and marginalized voices on stage, and they should do all of that. And I want them to keep doing that. But the problem is that they really can't vet the speakers. And I don't mean for experience. I mean vet them for facts and good information. I'm not talking about opinions. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. You are not, however, entitled to your own facts. You are, to come back full circle, entitled to interpret those facts facts, however you wish to and convey your inference of said facts. That's fine. You and I can disagree on how you interpret those facts. My dear friend Rob Walsh from Libsim presents data at each podcast conference I attend. He does the state of the podcasting industry. I believe his data. I think some of his inferences of those facts are incorrect. I've told him that. That's not a secret. He knows I don't, I don't agree with the way he has interpreted those, but that's fine. We're not disagreeing on the facts. We're disagreeing on what they actually mean. Cool. But there's a lot of people up there who don't have proper facts. And unfortunately, as you, an attendee in the audience, you don't know. You go to a session entitled how to get a billion downloads in 13 days. And you listen to the person on stage tell you how they got to a billion downloads. Actually, you don't hear that. <laughs> what you hear instead is someone telling you these are the basic things that you should be doing, which is painful enough to look the basics. Anyhow, and then throw out some misinformation. And how are you to discern if it's right or it's wrong? You might be sitting in a keynote or in a big presentation in the middle of this, uh, the, the thing that everybody is sitting in. And I love those, by the way. But the people that are up on stage giving that information, maybe they don't really have information to give. Maybe they have, or, or if they do, the, the stuff is, is that they say as this is what person X did to get really popular just isn't true. And you furiously write down all of this information and you say, I'm going to taking this back and I'm going to go implement exactly what I was told up on stage. But if it's not true, how do you maintain that level of support for the organization and support for the conference itself? Support for the community and the camaraderie and all the great things that build, yet also maintain a healthy dose of skepticism. How do conference organizers fight this problem? Honestly, I don't know that they can. I don't know that they have the time. It's a lot of work to put one of these on. So I don't think that they have the time to vet the presentations, to do the fact checking that is necessary. So unfortunately, that means you when you attend one of these things, you have to put on the skeptic hat. And that's hard to do. Even someone like me, who's been a lifelong skeptic, except for one little slip I did for about four years where I lost my mind. It's hard to know what's right 
and what's wrong. And, and I can be in the audience for some of those and ask some clarifying questions to probe at the things that are clear misinformation. But I can't go to every single session. People like me can't go to every single session. And then there's also the question of layering facts in there. So what I want you to think about, and that's what Podcast Pontifications is all about, telling you what to think about, what you should be thinking about, the future of podcasting, your podcast is be skeptical. Just because somebody got on stage, or just understand that the barrier to entry to getting on stage is very low. Write up a very good description, an amazing title. The selection committee is oftentimes just using that, maybe a little bit of your bio. So know that that person on stage isn't necessarily the expert they purport themselves to be. And take everything that you hear someone say with a grain of salt and go through and check it again. Now, again, I said I had stickers. I got stickers. You can email me, evo at podcastlaunch.pro. Give me your email address. Or not your email address. <laughs> Give me your physical address and I'll send you a sticker. And hey, ask around. Ask your friends who also podcast because, you know, you don't have to go to a conference to have camaraderie. You can just find your local people, either local online or local physically, how they fight the misinformation. Because it's everywhere. I mean, there's a reason I don't engage in the various Facebook forums. And this is it. I can't fight all of that misinformation that goes on. So how do, how do you do it? How do you maintain that balance of wanting to be supportive of something and skeptical of it? Maybe it's your own community. What are you doing? How, how do you fight that? Tell them you heard about this episode of Podcast Pontifications because, you know, telling one person about the show, one other working podcaster about the show would be a good thing right? Everybody else has more, better information. We can do better things. All right. That's it. Hopefully the voice is all better. I shall be back tomorrow for another podcast pontifications. Cheers. While Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected everywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic healthcare need for the millions of people who can become pregnant. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donations, the number four, abortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help, or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, shout your abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. 
Three, abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. Four, plancpills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And five, choice.crd.co has a collection of these resources and more. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.